Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Feminist, a podcast for feminists of the future. Today we are not your average feminists, but tomorrow we will be. I'm Christina. I'm Sarah. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to another episode of the Not Your Average Feminist podcast. Uh, today I'm joined, well, this is Amanda, first of all. Second of all, today um, I'm joined by Christina. Say hi, Christina. Hello. Um, Sarah has the week off. Um, so it's just uh, us two today. Um, and we thought we would spend some time talking about the news. What do you think? I think that's a fun idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing going on right now. Nothing and we at all. as well. Um, today, let's see, is Tuesday, March 26th. I'm recording this from my bedroom. You're in a closet. How does that <laughs> feel? It feels really great. <laughs> the things we do for podcasting. And if you hear a cat meowing, I'm sorry. It's my wonderful little cat, Nemo who is very upset that I did not invite him into the podcasting world. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should have him on to discuss a few of these stories. He would love to. All right, next time, next time. A whole episode on cats. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, all right, let's get the ball rolling a little bit. So um, last week, if you remember, Christina, we had a lively discussion about children and whether or not to have them. Do you remember that conversation? Of course. <laughs> and the reason why we <laughs> talked about that was because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a.k.a. everyone's favorite Democrat, um, asked recently about whether it's, like, moral to have kids in an era of climate change. And anyway, so we, like, use that as, like, a launching point to talk about kids and whatever and, like, our personal thoughts on it. And lo and behold... I wake up today and I go into work and I get those like desktop notifications from USA Today and there's a story that was published this morning with the headline, War, Famine, and Drought. More women say they won't have children because of climate change. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Are were we not ahead of our time or what? Like, I mean, we knew it was coming. We were just... And like I, I'm pretty the sure future. the editors at USA Today probably listened to our podcast and they were like, oh my goodness, these ladies are onto something. Maybe we should dive deeper into this topic. 
<laughs> so anyway, this is a great article. And again, we'll put it in show notes, but we couldn't not talk about it given that this was literally the subject of our episode last week. And while like after we published it, I was like, this is kind of a random episode. Like, I wonder if people will even be interested in this, but, um, it turns I, out they are, <laughs> I think it's like a, a thing now. So like, I was looking through to see if they had any like actual stats in this article. And I think it's mostly based on like anecdotal quotes and stories from people that they tracked down. Um, but they like interviewed some women that talked about how they're just scared that it would be too selfish to bring children into the world. And there's like growing Facebook communities around this as like a movement. And let's see, I'm going to look for like one really good quote. From one of these ladies. Um, uh, okay, here's one. Um, one person says that they interviewed, it would, quote, it would break my heart having this child that you love, that you nurture and raise, and then you're leaving them behind with, well, good luck. Things aren't going to get better. You're on your own, says Formisano of Los Angeles. So lots of quotes like that. People just being like, how can we have children and then leave them a world that's like basically barren and hopeless yeah i mean one of the quotes is up until two years ago i said i didn't want children anyway then i started to be drawn to the idea of motherhood at the same time i was becoming <laughs> really aware of what was going on in the world i thought how could i bring a child into the world knowing what we face and how bad it's going to get okay she, mrs. Must, <laughs> she must have a crystal ball <laughs> mrs i didn't want children at all I until did, like two years ago and then maybe i started thinking about it like i'm not trying to make fun of these people i like if this is a growing movement, like I, I, you know, it deserves coverage. It, you know, it deserves us talking about it. Um, you gotta stop laughing. We need to <laughs> take these people seriously. But some of these quotes are hysterical. Like I have okay. solar pa panels on my house. I drive a hybrid car, but deep down, <laughs> I think it's too late. I don't know what the speed is. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> We shouldn't be laughing at this. What is just so funny? I can't stop laughing. I could not stop laughing. I mean, it's it's really not. And like people are gonna listen to this and think that we're the meanest people ever. Well, what's what's even more but funny? Like if it's already too late, why are you care about wasted, driving a yeah. car? What's really funny is the neighbor behind me, they have solar panels across their whole house. Their house is like fully <laughs> generate. But then in front of their house, they have two like Fords, one an F-150, and then, like, a Ford Escape. <laughs> I love this, people. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> they probably compost. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay, I'm totally going to have to edit this. <laughs> I know. This I, this article is hysterical. Okay, if for all of you listening who can't see us right now, we're, like, both basically crying i did not know it didn't have this reaction <laughs> okay is, is it bad that i light trash on fire <laughs> and aluminum cans <laughs> probably edit that out <laughs> I, may, I, I may actually do it but it probably shouldn't be known oh man it's just you brought up <laughs> you brought up a really good point like those people who have solar panels and drive. 
it's like the best of both worlds. It's like one candles the other out. It's like why I can eat a whole pizza after running a mile because like it doesn't matter. They exactly. cancel each other out. <laughs> okay, all right. I think our update on this is like pretty solid. Um. Oh, and I like how they end it with like just making sure we all know that this is not about population control. Yeah. Like, don't worry, guys. We're not crazy. We're not telling you not to have kids. Uh, we're just saying that, like, if you do, like, you're horrible people because you're going to be leaving them with a world that's, like, uninhabitable. Yep. <laughs> Basically. All right. I got a good... You know what? Every once in a while, you just need a really good laugh. I'm glad we read this story today. Yeah. Thank you, USA Today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on, um, another um, story that we definitely have to talk about that's equally hysterical, but like for different reasons, is the Jesse Smollett um, news, which ha- broke today. And obviously, we have to talk about that because a couple episodes ago, I don't even remember how many ago, we talked about scammers. Do you remember that episode? Yep. And, um, like, that one was because we wanted to talk about Fire Festival and, like, Theranos and all that stuff. But, like, Jesse Smollett was happening at the same time, who is, like, the ultimate scammer of 2019, basically. And, like, we're only three months in, but I'm pretty sure he takes the cake. So, yep. um, update on that. Uh, all the charges were dropped today. Like, what the heck? I mean, it literally goes <clears throat> to show you, if you have money and you can pay your way out of it, you can do that in corrupt cities. It's like when literally you, insane though. When you like, are rich, when you are rich, you can get out of any bit of trouble. And, you know, people make a big deal about the, <clears throat> what was it? The Stanford swimmer who raped a girl and got off with basically a slap on the wrist. This is equivalent. I mean, different crimes, yeah. obviously, but yeah. when you have money, you can get out of trouble. Insane, Look at OJ Simpson. For something this high profile though. Look at OJ Simpson. <clears throat> When he did he get the, out of that because he had money, or did he get out of that because was, he had a really PR savvy like attorney? Probably a little bit of both. He wouldn't have been able to get out of it on if he didn't. Racial if anxieties. He, if he didn't have the money, he wouldn't have been able to hire the attorneys. If he wasn't this famous person, yeah. any other person that would have done that would have been. A, I just want to know, like, guilty. and it, we're never going to know. So, like, I get that I'm never going to have resolution on this. But what the heck happened? Like. Who was it? Was it like what happened? Did he pay the right people? Was it like the state's attorney? Like, can 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 we like get some investigative reporting happening on this so we can like figure out who paid who to make this go away? Or is that just never gonna happen? I'm guessing it'll never happen. happen. Well, we're just never gonna know. So he's gonna go back to his like great little show, making like tens of thousands of dollars per episode, and like like a acting like a martyr. Well, he was fired, right? Was he? I thought he was fired from Empire. Oh, and they like basically cut up. I thought he I know they him. cut they cut him out of like the last episode or something for the season. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if he was fired. I should look that up. Um if he was, great. Um but uh I don't know. But did you watch that like the clips of the Chicago police superintendent Eddie Johnson today talking about it? Yes, there. Even Rahm Emanuel is fired. Even up. Rahm Emanuel, mm-hmm. and, and I was thinking, like, if you've got the police superintendent and the mayor of the freaking city this upset, like, what the heck happened? 
Yeah. There were some I mean, really large closed doors that, that that deal went through. Yeah. I mean, the police the police and the, the mayor was not involved. It was definitely <clears throat> all judges and prosecutors. That like were. my husband was saying when he was a police officer, when you, he had, he put out or not put out, but got a nulli parsique, which means like they're not going to charge. Uh-huh. And they do that a lot in, for instance, the state of Maryland, when you have like drug charges or gun charges <clears throat> and they figure that they can get out of them. Um, so they'll nulli prosique them, but like it stays on the record in a sense, not like as a, as a charge or like, yeah. but it shows that like there is a history of this. So it's still like, if you were to pull a criminal background check, it would still be in there. It's just not a charge. It just shows that they dropped the charges, uh-huh. but there's something else with that. So they said he did his community service and then gave $10,000 or something like it that. Was, he had previously done $10,000 or community, two days of community service that um, they just retroactively applied because I, I read a quote where the prosecutor was like he basically would only get community service anyway and he already did some so like why bother prosecuting yeah and the ten thousand dollars was just his bond that he had to forfeit to the city right oh was that it see i <laughs> yeah. didn't read all of it but i know that people are really really fired up about it I yeah mean. and the thing is we'll never know where there's never going to be resolution there's never going to be answers as to what happened but He'll go um, it back just with- to where he'll, he was before. Nobody yeah, and he'll be, is. he'll have, well, he'll probably be embraced by some kind of community, I'm sure, and, like, work oh, again yeah. and, like, whatever, be a hero to some people. But, you know, it's just, like, goes to show, like, the double standard that's out there. And, um, and I don't know, I think there's some kind of also, like, I might be reaching, but, like, criminal justice reform angle here with, like, people that he probably worked with and activists and like people that have su- supported him who also support like not letting people rot in jail for like minor drug offenses and like look what those people have to go through but jesse smollett can do what he did and basically get off scot-free you and know there's this- no like calling out of that kind of hypocrisy like i don't know i just there, there's so like, i don't know there's so many ways that this is like annoying and outrageous if he were um i'm trying to think of like a B slash C list actor, uh huh, like Penn Badgley, who I yeah. consider like a B or C list from the from you. He's a B. Yeah, you. I call him a B. Yeah, but if he were the one that <clears throat> made this up and got out of it, what do you think people would be saying? White privilege, of course, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous because it's double standards. Um, he yeah. should have been prosecuted, or they just shouldn't have brought him up on the sixteen charges. I mean, yeah. if they, yeah. they, they, the county exec or however they do it, they're like state's attorney's office or prosecutor's office, however it is in Chicago, probably knew <clears> immediately <throat> when the charges were filed that they weren't going to act on them, that this was going to be yeah. the end game of it. So, I mean, I think I remember you saying that on the last episode with that, like 16 charges was kind of insane. Yeah. <clears throat> so but they were probably hoping for something to stick. Yeah. But nothing. Well, they would have stuck. Uh, That's the thing. Like, what wouldn't have stuck? We literally have the receipts. Yeah. That he paid people to beat him up. We have testimony. Witnesses. They were were saying, because I guess the prosecution's office saying they didn't have enough evidence to fully prosecute, which was why they went the route that they did. And the Chicago Police Department came out and said, oh, no, we had more evidence than what was released to the media. Like, we 100% would have won this case. Yeah. So that's why I just don't buy it. That's why I don't buy anything that the prosecutors say. Yeah. Like, someone was paid, someone was given favors, something happened, and Jesse Smollett gets off scot-free. Exactly. While other people rot in jail. 
yep. for which is not uh, fair. In my opinion, lesser yeah. crimes. Yep. I mean, my goodness. All right. So <clears throat> that's podcast update number two. I like these. I think we should do more of these. Yeah. Especially when um, we have all these updates so quickly. I know. It's been, it's only Tuesday and it's been like a crazy whirlwind of a news week. Um, so the other news that we have to talk about is uh, the Mueller report, obviously. Which it's broke a big, over big the weekend. week for the president. I know, I know. And um, I'm not going to be completely like 100% up to date on the Mueller stuff because like, I'm trying to like pay attention to it all. But I feel like things are happening so fast that I've probably missed something. But basic gist is, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, that Mueller sent his report on Friday afternoon to the attorney general. Right? Yes. <clears throat> and then on Sunday... Attorney General William Barr sent his like summary report to Congress. Yes, like just his three-page summary or whatever. And the summary is what said that there that Mueller found no evidence of collusion um, between the Trump campaign and the Russians. <clears throat> and so obviously Republicans were all like, "Yay, we're vindicated!" and Democrats in Congress are all like, show us the report. We don't believe it. Yeah. Am I missing anything? No, that's basically it. Okay. I mean, it looks like Jim Jordan has come out and said, like, some, like, top, like, ranking Republicans are coming out and just saying to release the full report. Yeah. Because, like, they've been saying all along that the the coercion was just not there. Yeah. Um, and this Mueller report proves it. And why not just fully release it so the public can see it, redact what needs to be redacted. Right. Um, and I think there's every intention of doing that, right? Yeah. Like, I haven't seen anyone say they're not going to release it. Yeah. So, um, I guess, like, we're just in another wait-and-see mode of what the actual report says. Um, but I, I know also a lot of people are um, casting doubt on Mueller's summary, um, because or not Mueller's summary, but Barr's summary, because apparently, like, he wrote some he's kind a of memo a long time ago about this, and he's like a Republican or whatever. I don't know. He's a <clears throat> Senate confirmed. Yeah. Secretary. So, like, if you didn't trust him, like, why did you confirm him? Yeah. And the, all, I, but all I've seen is like, I know that there were some people on, or no, I think it was when I was watching Savannah Guthrie interview Sarah Sanders yesterday, which is kind of a weird interview. I don't know if you watched it, but I um, didn't. She, like, was going after Sarah Sanders. I was a little bit surprised by how aggressive she was. Are you shocked by that with how they treat Sarah Sanders, though? Because they're terrible to her. That's true. Everyone's terrible to her. Yeah. Um, I mean, she seemed awesome. And, like, yeah. for being able to be in the job that she's in, I mean, and handle so much with respect. And yeah. No, that's yeah. true. That's true. And she but gets so much crap. The, the media is terrible to her. That's terrible. true. But I mean, it's, I don't know, I guess a part of me was like, it's the Today Show, like, we're, we want to be happy, yeah. and like, it's Savannah Guthrie, but she was, like, super intense. Um, she probably feel, <clears throat> feels like it's going to be better for her career to be that way, though, to be a pit bull on the, you know, yeah, the Today like, Show. Yeah, it's why don't you spread it around? Like, why are you um, interviewing Michael Avenatti every five minutes and treating him like he's some, like, amazing, like, future Democratic presidential candidate? Yeah. Whatever. And, like, treating him with dignity like dignity and respect and like letting him like spew his nonsense but you treat well, he's Sarah Sanders. Becky, yeah. I know. <laughs> Which is something else we could talk about. Um 
But, like, anyway, I, I know that Savannah brought up the whole, like, can we really trust William Barr? And then Stacey Abrams, who everyone thinks is going to run for president or senate from Georgia, uh, I saw that she said something like, believing the Barr summary is like believing your... Or, hold on, what did she say? It was like, when your parents demand to see your report card, but you have your brother give them a summary... Or whatever. It was a weird analogy, yeah. but, like, it it was getting, like, retweeted a ton today. So, I guess, like, the new tactic is to be, like, we can't trust William Barr, and so let's wait. We don't believe, we're not going to believe anything until we see the full report. Yeah. I mean, but it's like they couldn't accept Trump winning. Now they can't accept the Mueller report. Yeah. When are they going to accept anything? At this Never. point, it's going to be resist, resist, resist. Nothing is going to get done for the next And then it'll be 2020, and, like, Trump is going to re- win re-election, and they're going to be yeah. like, we don't accept this. Exactly. And then it's going to be another four years of, like, we don't believe this is legitimate. We believe he broke the law. He's a liar. He's a traitor. He should be impeached. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, like, show us your receipts then. Yeah. And you have been given, like, two years, and you spent $25 million, and you have nothing to show for it. Like, if you devote that much time... To trying to bring someone down and like you literally can't put together something or anything. Well, I love the fact that people are like really upset that the President Trump's campaign. So like his campaign's communications director put out like uh-huh. a list of, you know, you yeah. shouldn't use these people. And even like Jake Tapper was like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, hindering freedom of speech. The White House oh, is coming out and oh, saying, well, they get a confused with the president's campaign and then the white house they're saying the white house was saying that people shouldn't be on but it's the campaign they, but it was the campaign so there was a lot of yeah. confusion on that which and that's a key difference it's a huge difference i don't know how they didn't realize that i mean read what the memo says yeah <laughs> but it, what does it say that like we're not going to cooperate with people who interview these guests or what did it say well no basically um i actually think i have it okay. the memo was oh no never mind because I retweeted something, Jape Tapper, oh, Tapper tweeted, and he deleted his tweet. He um, did. He did. Oh, I wonder why. Probably because he was he, he backtracking. Up, he, he has. He did backtrack, and he did apologize. Oh. Wow. Um, but basically, it was a White House memo stating, or a White House, the president's um, campaign stating, you know, here's a list of people that shouldn't be shouldn't be count as credible in the news and it was like adam schiff and like a list of politicians What's who've so, gone I on mean, with that quotes that they've said on the news well i guess you know okay i found it i just googled it too the memo names include richard blumenthal senator richard blumenthal representative jerry nadler dnc chairman tom perez ex-cia head john brennan representative adam schiff and representative Eric Swalwell. I'm sorry, but because those all those people are like freaking horrendous. Anyway, I know they shouldn't no, be on any. Jake Tapper then tweeted about it, saying complaining about the White House, and then went back and backtracked, deleted his tweet, and then said, "I'm sorry, there was like a, a I misread it, and that it's okay. not the White House, that it was actually the campaign, and I was wrong." Okay. So, well, if it was the White House, I'd be like, "Ooh, guys, I don't yeah, know about that." It was not. It was it was the yeah. campaign. Yeah. Well. I mean, no one's going to admit it, obviously, because, you know, hashtag media. But, like, any self-respecting program would not and should not have any of those individuals on their show. Yeah. Like, after, I mean, they just shouldn't. 
but it shows you the bias that's in our media and when media like people are trusting the media less and less this is just another reason when there's no collusion, at least that's what Barr's coming out with in this Mueller report. Mm -hmm. There's no collusion. And then you have MSNBC and CNN covering it nonstop with the, mm -hmm. there's collusion, there's collusion, there's Russian collusion. You know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous and no wonder people in mm -hmm. the flyover states, not necessarily maybe people that live in the DC area, but people mm -hmm. that live in the Midwest, people that aren't you know, in this bubble of, like, living and working in politics, and, like, for instance. This stuff. Yeah. yeah. People don't believe the news. I mean, my mom will, will ask me questions, and I'm like, she's like, I saw this on the news. Do you think it's true? And I was like, no, mom, it's not true. Yeah. I even find myself totally doubting when I read on the news. Like, I'm not yeah. kidding. Like, if I see something on CNN in the morning or whatever, I don't necessarily just say, like, oh, interesting. Like, okay, that's fact. I, like really don't believe it until I see it multiple places. Yeah. But my mom got to a point where she no longer watches like any main, uh -huh. like any mainstream news. So she watches local news instead. So yeah. any news that she's getting is off of like her local affiliate. Good for her. Yeah. She just, she got tired of it because she would start calling or texting me all these crazy questions. Like I saw this on the news, especially like <clears throat> when I was working in politics with places that I was working at anytime mm -hmm. it would be brought up in the news yeah. She would start calling me immediately and be like, I saw this and I saw that. And I, and I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so I remember um, yesterday I watched Morning Joe um, because I was super curious to see what their reaction was going to be. And to his credit, um, crap, what's his name? The guy that they have on all the time who's like from Boston, um, Mike Barnacle. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Do you watch Morning Joe? I haven't watched it in but, like okay, but you know, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay, mm -hmm. he actually said at one point, like, had this mini monologue and was like, "We need to stop and pause and take a a breath as Democrats and consider whether this is really worth still pursuing." Yeah, <clears throat> heading into 2020, people are people are moving on, and the Democratic Party is going to do themselves a disservice if they do not move on with the voters who are concerned about prescription drug costs and, um, you know, rising costs of college and school tuition and all these other things. Um, that's what voters are going to start. Like they're moving on. They're moving yeah. on from this. And, and he's right. And, you know, I'm, you know, I for one would love to move on. Um, but yeah, I'm just tired. I'm sick and tired of hearing about it tired of the constant like sky is falling rhetoric that we get from the other side all the time and you know I, i'm ready to move on and so hopefully we get that report soon i don't know yeah no i agree i mean i'm ready for it although even if we do get it soon like are the democrats like gonna actually move on like i'm not holding my breath so i guess they're not gonna womp womp yeah yeah it's definitely going to be a huge thing for 2020. Um, that much is for sure, which um, I guess leads us into what we originally were going to talk about today, uh, 27 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we were initially going to do our whole episode today on just kind of like our first look at the 2020 race um, and just kind of where things stand and who's in and initial thoughts and impressions on like, how it's going so far and it's only in march of 2019 so like i hate that we're even talking about it but here we are um would you have any initial thoughts about 2020 i think it's going to be 
an interesting race. Uh-huh. And <laughs> to put it I, mildly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of waiting to see if Joe Biden throws his hat in. Because I think that's yeah. going to make the biggest difference. I, at this point, don't see a single candidate that could beat Donald Trump. Yeah, I don't all. either. At all. Not a single one of them. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I think it could be interesting if, if Biden decides to throw his hat in and really run. Then I think he is, in my opinion, Do you think he has the, the best shot? or the best he- shot. Or do you think it's like it's over if he gets in? I think he has the best shot. I don't think it's over. Okay. I mean, I think it's hard to say. I mean, after the 2016 elections, I think it's hard to discount any vote at this point. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey. I remember being on vacation once and sitting at a beach bar and the people next to me were talking about how they've never voted in a single election before. And it was a guy who was probably in his 40s. And this is... The summer going into the 2016 election what? in in a beach town right outside of Atlantic City. And you figure with Donald Trump's history in Atlantic City and, and basically bankrupting his, his bankruptcy in the casinos. Yeah. And with that, not necessarily his fault, but with that was the crumbling of basically the Atlantic City casino world. Um, and, you know, it was probably just a downturn in that time of how Atlantic mm-hmm. City was. I mean, I don't know the full history of it, but there was a lot of people that lost jobs. So you, we're, I'm sitting so at a beach bar. did he vote against Trump or for Voted him? for Trump. What? And he is sitting at this bar and he's saying, I have never voted in an election in my life. And this is the first time I'm going to vote because I think Donald Trump speaks to me. He speaks for me. And like, you know, and there, he was sitting talking to like a group of people and they're all like nodding their head like, yeah, I've never voted before. You know? Wow. And at that point, I just never really, I didn't, I was like, oh, you know, that's really unique because living in the D.C. bubble, you just uh-huh. hear basically everything in this area mm-hmm. um and then being up there and seeing it and, like i remember talking to one of my cousins and he's like oh my gosh like my i had family that volunteered for his campaign in new jersey that wow. never ever my family was very like we don't ever talk politics um like we i would could not have told you who my parents voted for wow. in any election growing up we didn't talk about it at the dinner table we never my there was very strict rules we never talked about religion or politics <laughs> nice yeah. And so like I couldn't have told you anything, but with this election cycle, I could now tell you about every single person in my yeah. family who they voted for. I think that's so fascinating. And I know people like that on Trump's side for sure. Like people who were never active before that became active. Mm-hmm. But I also know it's very true for the other side too, of like people who are so um <clears throat> disgusted by him in twenty sixteen that they went out to vote for Hillary. Which is crazy. Or they became, like, they just became active because they, like, couldn't stand him so much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I it's interesting. Like, I don't know. I'm torn. I, I definitely think if Biden gets in, he will probably get the nomination. Yeah. Oh, hands down. I don't think um, anyone... At, at this point. At this point, I don't think <clears throat> anyone... I mean, I think Cory Booker did a smart... Has a smart move with saying that he's dating whoever he's Zario dating. Dawson? Yeah, Are the you actress. On? Okay, I'm, I feel really bad saying this, but do you also agree with me that that's totally staged? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. That's right. what I was just about to say. I feel, we- I feel okay, I feel really bad saying this because, like, I don't want to be like, oh, Corey, you can't get a girlfriend. But, I mean, it's a little convenient. And now all of a sudden it's she could be the next first lady and this right, Especially, and- like, with all the rumors about him yeah. before this. I'm not exactly. saying anything not saying anything but you know we all know we all know what we mean anyway um yeah so good on cory booker i 
I, the only other person that I think has a decent shot and who will probably go the farthest just based on what I've seen so far, and I know that she's bungled a few things, but is um, Kamala Harris. Yeah. I know things were a little shaky for her in the beginning and probably still will be. It's still early. She's got some kinks she needs to work out, just like any presidential campaign. Um, I think she's going to have a lot of flip-flopping, which she's going to have to answer for. Yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest issue for her. Um, I know that things have been a little shaky for her um, with her rollout. And a couple, she's already had to walk back a couple, like, um, things that she said about, like, Medicare for all or eliminating private health insurance. I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, she's the one that I think probably has the best chance at this point. Unless something drastic comes out, she's the one I think could give Biden a run for his money. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting as if he gets the nomination and chooses her as his his VP. Right. Um, Which, you know, it's been interesting seeing all these rumors about him rolling out his campaign with, like, a pledge to be a one-term president Mm -hmm. and announcing a VP candidate right out the gate. Like, some people said um, Beto O'Rourke would be that, like, before Mm -hmm. he jumped in. And then some people said Stacey Abrams. And then she said, or her people were on Twitter a couple days ago saying that that's not true, that's not going to happen. But I think a Kamala Harris. I always butcher her name. Kamala Harris pick um, would totally make sense. And I could definitely see that happening because it can't be, I'm sorry, it can't be Biden O'Rourke, like two no. privileged white males running yeah. on the Democratic ticket. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. You know? Um, so I'm intrigued by Kamala Harris. Intrigued in the sense that like, It'll be interesting to see how far she can go. I think she's very talented and very Mm well-spoken. And she's a Democrat that I can listen to without wanting to, like, blow my brains out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And, and, you know, she authored that piece of legislation with Rand Paul a while back. And so that gives her brownie points in my book. Not that I would ever vote for her. But um, it seems like, and she has, like, a turny mindset. So it seems like she's the kind of person who thinks like logically and rationally and not so much like emotionally. What or is my emotional base want me to do? You yeah. know? I mean, she's gotten pushback before on some of the positions that she's taken and like some of the things that she did as Attorney General of California. Um, mm-hmm. She's she gotten really pushback tough. from progressives. Yeah. yeah um, on her prosecutor, I can't speak. On, like, some of her sentencing stuff, and, um, again, I need to look in more into it, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think she has a pretty good shot. I, I don't really see um, Elizabeth Warren or Kristen Gillibrand going very far. No. Uh, Elizabeth Warren strikes me as that kind of candidate who gets in, like, just to force conversations about certain issues. Her voice you know sounds I mean? like somebody's scratching a chalkboard. Like that's yeah. what, like it makes me want to bang my head into a wall. Yeah, or light myself on fire. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like, it's like you know how Ron Paul or other people on the Republican side would get into the race to be like, well, I, you know, I want to force a conversation about mm-hmm. auditing the Fed or like about whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Warren is going to get in to like force conversations about like taxes on the wealthy, and yeah. um, 
you know, consumer protection or whatever the crap it is that she talks about. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that, like, I'm not expecting too much from her. I could be wrong, but, um, can I tell you my favorite Elizabeth Warren thing though? Yeah. Is that when that whole college scandal thing happened with Lori Lachlan and, uh, she she was on, what, what was the TV show? I, she was on doing some interview and they were like, what do you feel about this? And she's like, oh my gosh, it's like, basically it was the worst thing in the world that you could do. And she (laughs) lied to get into college. I know it's so funny I saw that and I saw everyone dragging her on Twitter for the hypocrisy yeah. and like she like doesn't even get it no um speaking of Elizabeth Warren did you see that TMZ video of her um no. TMZ it's not that good but it's it, it's kind of funny actually TMZ was trying to catch up with her on a recent visit to New York City and so this guy was like chasing her and while she was sprinting into Penn Station and so you can hear the guy being like Elizabeth Senator Warren Senator Warren and she just like is sprinting past him she's like I'm gonna be late I'm gonna be late and so there's this like video that's starting to go viral on the internet of Elizabeth Warren running into Penn Station to catch a train I'm now trying to find it yeah it's out there (laughs) It's, like, not that amazing, but it is kind of, like, holy cow. I've never All seen... TMZ is right now is the Jussie Smollett stuff. Okay. Well, I'll find it and send it to you later. And I'll put it in show notes. How about that? Okay. Um, okay. Who else is running? You have Beto. I don't even want to waste any breath on him. Besides the fact that he outraised basically everyone in his first 24 hours. Which is crazy. Yes, that's true. Um, that is true. I'm on his email list, by the way, and I'm super annoyed because I get like 12 emails a day from them and it's Ugh. horrible. Um, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, but my sense with him is he doesn't really know what he's doing or why he's doing it. So like, it's time to move on. Yeah. Um, who else is out there? Um, trying to think we already talked about cory booker um he used to be a democrat that i could kind of like tolerate until a very pleasant thing until i know but i was gonna finish until the neil gorsuch stuff and now i literally can't stand him i've never liked him he's such a hypocrite really i'm from new jersey so for instance he was raised very very wealthy parents Right. Both like both like big time bankers in New York. Um, grew up in ups like the northern part of New Jersey, which is like the dumpster of New Jersey because the South right. is the best part of the state. Um, but he's from, from like super northern New Jersey, like from some like like what is it like the like bed communities or whatever of um, New York City. Uh-huh. Went to private school, super elite lifestyle, and then decides to run for office in Newark, New Jersey, which he had never lived in. And Newark okay. is not really a great place to live and decided to try to like change the way people of Newark live. People liked him. He was out in the street doing his thing. I mean, but there's this super wealthy guy that like is not relatable in that city. And he used it to basically start his political career. Yeah. Because then he ran for Senate. Ugh. Hate that guy. But he also like decided to try to prove how food stamps are bad for America or at least for Newark like population because he's vegan and couldn't eat a vegan diet on food stamps. He's vegan. He's vegan. Another reason why maybe 
he's, he's a little terrible. twisted. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry for any vegan listeners. <laughs> I mean, the thing with Cory Booker is like he's so nice, or comes across as so nice and likable. Um, I'm like, oh, he's totally someone that I would want to get a beer with or whatever. Which do vegans drink beer? Um, I mean, yeah. if you're so healthy though that you would be a vegan, he, would you he, actually consume alcohol? Yeah, I mean, because there's no like meat byproducts in alcohol. I know, I mean, but if you probably wouldn't be that weed. hardcore about your health, why would well, you? Well, maybe it's not. Alcohol? Maybe he like is a pita person. Maybe it's not that's about true. his health. Okay, that's true. I don't really know why he's a vegan. I have no clue. Okay. Besides anyway. the fact that he lived off of food stamps. And he hated it. And well, hated here's it. the other thing. I read a profile of him once where he. Um, apparently, as mayor, was a huge proponent for school choice. And yeah, like, he's really big in that, yes. But which then is he flipped when he became mm-hmm. a senator, which yep. also pisses me off. Yep. So it, it kind of seems like, okay, cool guy, cool dude. Would I want to, like, go to a cookout with him? Sure. But do I think that he's not going to, like, flip his position based on what's, like, politically expedient? No, mm-hmm. I don't. I think yeah. he's opportunistic and maybe can't really be trusted. And, like, can you really believe what comes out of his mouth? I don't know. Especially when he says things like, I'm Spartacus. Like, do you yeah. believe him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, who else do we got? We got that mayor from, where's he from? Oh, Indiana, Indiana. somewhere. The gay guy. Yes, who likes I don't Chick-fil-A. know much about him. Oh, yeah, that's I, right. I, I, I don't know much Chick-fil-A. about him, except on Twitter. I saw that he would broker a peace agreement between Chick-fil-A and the progressives. Yeah. So he seems it reasonable. Is, yeah, exactly. I mean, anyone that likes Chick-fil-A is fine in my book. Yeah, if you don't <laughs> like Chick-fil-A, I literally can't vote for you, basically. I mean, who's um, your uncle? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. Inside joke. Okay. Um, I literally can't think of another single Democrat who's running right now, which is pathetic because I know there's like 200 of them. I'm just I know. Um, So maybe we just say this is good for our first foray into 2020. What do you think? Yeah, it's I mean, it's a lot. I feel like we're just. It's almost like I almost feel like it's not even worth talking about right now, except it's all over the news. So I feel like we have to talk about it. But it's so early that it's like pointless. Yeah. Oh, there's John Hickenlooper. I forgot about him. Oh, yeah. The former mayor of Colorado who took his mom to what, an X-rated porno or something. Oh, my God. Did remember he that? that? No. Yeah, that's hysterical. I saw something about how he was doing an interview and, was, and said that he, like, took his mom to a porno or something. I don't know if oh it was on gosh. purpose or an accident, but that's something else we should investigate. Yes. He seems um, like a funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> kind of um, like John Kasich, but on the left. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. John Kasich. All right. Well, we can talk about the other 1,200 candidates on the next episode. Perfect. How does that sound? That works. All right. So we'll wrap up this one. We covered a lot of ground. There was a lot of news this week. I'm glad we were able to get it in. I'm going to apologize for all the sniffles. I um, have some kind of weird, like, cold thing, like, that's just in my nose. It's probably Ebola. And it's, like, I've turned into this, like, cesspool of, of, like, of gnarly, like, snot and, like, whatever else that it is that can, like, 
clogs up your sinuses and makes you feel like you're constantly on the verge of sneezing and you have to sniff all the time. What do they call that? Dying. That's what I'm going to go with too. Or like when you lay down at night, like immediately you're like, no, it's all clogged up and you can't breathe. Yep. By the way, Donald Trump did just tweet. I think this is possibly the most consequential media screw up of the last 25 years. It is difficult to comprehend or overstate the damage that the media did to a country, to their own reputation or to the constitution. An absolute catastrophe. It's like he knew we were talking about. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Well, with that, I don't think we can top that. Yeah. All right. Thank you, President Trump. (laughs) We'll let POTUS uh, read us out tonight. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's another episode of the Not Your Average Feminist podcast in the books. Um, Please subscribe to us, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Please send us your comments, questions, thoughts, or concerns to hello at nyafpod.com. We're actually serious. You can email us and you will get a human response. And maybe cat pictures. I was literally about to say we can't promise it's not going to be Christina's cat. (laughs) (laughs) But you will get a response. Um, So there's that. And um, all right. I guess until next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.